0: Well, we always talk about the non-district season. Then we talked about the district season. And then we talk about third season. And as we visit with Coach Salazar here in round one, the bi-district championship week, and I think the biggest thing coming off of senior night, once again, your team's ability to adapt. You tell them 24 hours... That you're going to play on Thursday. How did they react? I
1: wouldn't do that if I didn't think our kids are ready, and if I didn't think I'd get the response I got. And obviously, the response was, "Let's go!" You know, let, let's do it, coach. It makes sense. Um, all the variables you explained to us as to why we'd want to play on Thursday versus Friday this week—they obviously all benefit us. And uh, that was the whole purpose behind it: was making sure we had a good senior night experience for our parents and our senior football players. Make sure those guys had the opportunity to, you know, show respect to their parents and, and for obviously being the number one resource, the reason where they're at. So it was good to make sure that w- that happened last week. And we practiced Wednesday morning, and, and Wednesday morning had some preliminary talks about possibility of moving to a Thursday, and uh, one thing kind of led to another, and luckily about 10.45, I got a call from Coach Hoffman saying, let's do it, let's go on Thursday, and literally called as fast as I could to the field house, told our kids to stop lifting weights immediately, even though we already had to practice that morning you know, before school. So uh, our offense obviously executed at a high level, our defense did too. So our uh, kids had our backs, they understand, they've adapted so many times throughout i explained to him back in 2015 when we were playing allen i said there was about seven years ago we're in the same situation here about to lift weights on the day before game and coach dodge comes in and cancels it the- says we're playing you know a day earlier cold front's coming through we're going to go play allen in the semifinals in and the biggest game of our careers here at that point in time and uh you guys ready and, it, yeah, ready. Let's roll. I kind of went back and dug in the, the secret war chest there of that story and told those kids and coaches reminded them about that situation and ended up being a great night for us and obviously a good move for us uh, back then, and thankfully it was again this year.
0: Well, I think also you look at the, the opportunity to be able to tell kids, hey, we're going to do something different. Now it's your job to just go out and play. Yeah. And that's what we saw. Sharp offense, sharp defense, everything clicking. And you always talk about peaking at the right time, and that was a theme throughout the game. Westlake is at a point right now where they are prepared for the journey that they're about to go on. What's the story that you tell them going into by district It's taking inventory of
1: where we're at and the reality of the situation that I just got done with the football practice out there, Joe. And before we clapped it up and hit the sideline to start practice, I I brought to everybody's attention. Hey, seniors, this could be your last practice. And that's calm, awkward silence went across, you know, our whole football team. And we all understand that unless we go out and earn ourselves another football game next week, um, that was our last chance right there to go practice together as a football team. Putting that perspective on it for our kids lets them understand that there is no second chances anymore. And that's why we did a lot of things last week to kind of prepare for this week so that this week would be as flawless as possible. It wasn't new for our J.B. Bring-ups that are practice this week. They did it last week. It wasn't new for our varsity kids to have, you know, extra kids at practice They did it last week Um, it wasn't new to practice in a stadium uh, for our last practice of the week we did it last week so all those things have kind of checked those things off the the get ready list, you know, through three practices in three days, you know, I think uh, the chaparrales are ready for, for Thursday night.
0: I think also you look at what it does for not only your leadership to give you the opportunity to come in and say, okay, look, guys, we're talking about you. Guys, this is it. You know, make sure your team is ready. Right. What's the message that you are hearing from the captains to the team?
1: That's the, you know, uncertainty about high school athletics is dealing with, you know, 17, 18-year-old kids. And I just had a talk with our captains as we walked up the field 10 minutes ago and said the exact same things to him, Joe. Obviously, and the first and foremost, love every one of you guys you know they're my six captains for the 2022 season my first year as a head coach and those guys have led us to 10 wins and obviously you know district championship and they placed us in the perfect spot to attack these playoffs and our football team goes as you guys go you guys have to be unified in your message you have to be unified in your your actions uh everybody's looking at you six you know as the leaders of our football team and the way you prepare uh, the way you conduct yourself outside the field house or throughout this week in preparation or the playoffs in preparation they're all going to mimic you they're all going to look and see what Wyatt Dollar's doing They're all going to see what Jaden Greathouse is doing. They're going to see what uh, Chambers is doing. They're going to see what Petty is doing. They're going to see what all of our captains are doing, 65, you know, Nat and Stat. They're going to look at those guys and say, what type of preparation is Colton Vosick bringing to the game this week? That's the best preparation from your best players, obviously. It's what you want your your young kids that we brought up to the varsity. We want them to see. We want them to see the level of preparation it takes, you know, to go win a a by district championship. And then hopefully, you know, keep this thing rolling for, for as many weeks as we can
0: like most of us who are interested in the ongoings of high school football, had a late night on Friday. Is it going to be Cedar Ridge? Is it going to be Round Rock? I don't think they counted on a game like that with McNeil in their regular season finale. But when they came back and won, when you put on that film, when they had to make a play, they made a play. This is a group that's coming off a game. Yeah, they might be tired. Yeah, they might have five and a half days rest. But these are kids when their backs are up against the wall and they had to get something done. They got it done. Is it easy to tell the story of Cedar Ridge and their victory over McNeil last week?
1: Easy. I mean, that's, uh, that's what I said. They're, they're scary enough that when they if they can put it all together for four quarters, they can beat anybody. At any point in time, if we hand them over, you know, easy mistakes, we tee that ball up for them with turnovers and short fields. If we give up big plays on defense, if we're sloppy in the special teams, this team is good enough, no doubt, to, to test, uh, you know, our metal and find out uh, what we're made of inside and, and give us a bunch of adversity to have to overcome. And obviously, we don't want that, but we know that they're capable of doing that. You know, I think something else I told our team this week before we started preparing them is before this year, beating Round Rock High School like five times in a row, I'd venture to say they probably were not favored in any of those five contests, previous five contests against Round Rock. Round Rock, along with Fandegraff right there, have been the top two teams in their in our by district uh, They're accustomed to being up there at 8-2, and 9-1, and 10-0. Oh, no matter the record, every year. Cedar Ridge showed up and for five years in a row got after them and won a football game against a better football team. They understand how to win big, big ball games too. And uh, they've won them. And so they know that records don't mean everything. They know that just showing up and, and,
0: and obviously performing on game day is the ultimate test. I know what I look at. I know what you look at. They're probably far different things just from what you see. I look at size. I look at speed, of course. But defensively, Cedar Ridge comes armed to the teeth with a lot of guys that can fly to the football. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, accidentally get into plays just because of the sheer effort and I think that's something that obviously you know a lot about the defensive front is something that we always look at your offensive line against their defensive line couple games in, still working with the, the cohesion of the offensive line looked great against Johnson. What about Cedar Ridge?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously they do some good things up front of the defensive line. You know, you mentioned that, that outstanding hustle. They got a sophomore there, 97, Jonah Collins. He's playing so dang hard, he finds his way into plays, and that's, sometimes you need that. You need guy, young guys that are just playing, and exceptional effort makes them obviously productive. Um, they've got other guys in the defensive line, number five, defensive end Joshua Myatt. Another defensive end is a good football player. They'll even flip him around to use him someone on off Offense. Middle linebackers, returning starter Jason Taylor. uh You know, he's got a nose for the football. He, he has a lot of tackles on the season. The strength of their football team on their defensive side is in the secondary. Uh, both corners, uh twenty-two and twenty-three. Xavier Cox and, and Braylon Hill. Those two guys are outstanding football players on the outside out there, and they pres- you know they present some challenges with us with their outside receivers. Then, if you look in the inside matchup between uh, their high safeties and our slot receivers. You know, they've got two kids there that played a lot of football. Uh, Miles Brophy, the free safety number one. He's going to look the part. He's going to have, you know, he'll have a visor. He's going to have that six-pack showing. He's going to have some uh, some doodads on his, in his arms, and he's going to be spatted up. He's going to look like a football player. You know, and then he backs it up, though, because he's a physical player. You can see in the fourth quarter of that game when he kind of realizes that, oh, no, we're, you know, 15 points away and a quarter away from being done here ourselves, that all of a sudden his level of play picked up. Every person he came into contact to was getting a face full of him, and uh, he, he's a physical player. They'll in turn turn around and put Miles on offense, you know, and they'll put him in the Wildcat and let him run quarterback and, They'll put him back to their tailback and toss the ball. So the other safety is Baron Robinson, number nine. He's their weak side, high safety. Um, the last name sounds familiar. It's the head coach's son, Coach Robinson's son. You know, we've had plenty of those in our time here, and we have plenty on our team right now. That They talk about football probably a little bit more than the than regular high school kids coming home to dad. Our coach and son talk and dad and son talk, all, all that go through the household. So a good heads-up football player. Like I said, they'll, they'll turn around and use about five of these guys on offense every now and again, and that's a testament to what they believe they can do on defense. If they're going to spend time to rep them on offense as well, then you know they believe in their toughness and their ability
0: to go with some tough yards and what they ask them to do in their little wildcat package
1: when you flip it to the
0: offensive side, obviously dealing with injury at the quarterback position, something you know about, something it seems like everybody is learning mm-hmm. to play with multiple different looks at quarterback. And when you have a guy like Jakari Killingsworth, who presents one skill set at 5'9", 160, and then you have Aiden Liston, another skill set at 6'1", 215, guy that's bigger, stronger, obviously can stay in the pocket a little bit longer. But again, I, I, I go back to past conversations. We had to have two game plans against Judson. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we already already done before, and I think that picks up on the same theme that you were talking about. Hey, we don't have to deal with the newness of new players being at practice. We did it already. Mm-hmm. We've done this already. How much of that is is part of the negotiation with your team about what's to come in Cedar Ridge and their offensive tack. We
1: know that. we got to be cognizant of who's on the field. We have to see who's coming in and out of off of the field from their sideline for personnel groupings. Once we see number seven jog on a quarterback, we know what his skill set is. We see number six jog on the field at quarterback, we know what his skill set is. And based off, you know, who's in the game, there's going to be certain types of plays that are going to be more tailored towards that quarterback. So obviously it's just about communication and about being aware of who's in the game and what situation they're in the game for. If we had to put a spin on it i would say obviously number seven likes to throw the ball a little bit more number six is more of an athlete likes to run the football with them so and even our subs coming into the game and those guys having to be aware of who's in the game as they're looking in the backfield is it seven or is it six it's a challenge there's no doubt but i think obviously with having done it before as you mentioned joe i think it made it so much easier this week in preparation for this game
0: most coaches do not have the luxury of being able to send in a completely different rotation of players. And we saw that really start to wane on Johnson. And really, it's been a consistent storyline all year long. And we saw a lot of that, of what happens when you can get fresh legs into a football game against a team like Dripping Springs, against a team like Lake Travis. I asked this question, Coach, because ultimately it comes down to the camaraderie within the room that camaraderie, that relationship in that defensive line room. We've asked them about it. We've asked Coach Vosick about it. How do you see that room being kind of the cornerstone of your defense this year?
1: In our field house, there's no uh, secret that uh, our success of our football team is going to start up front on both sides of the ball. Coach Murdoch in our offensive line room and obviously Coach Vosick in our defensive line room, I would say those big bodies in our program are the ones that – Without hesitation, I would say everybody in our football program understands their importance to our success. We know we can't be successful on either side of the ball unless we win up front. In order for us to be successful on offense, we need to be able to run the ball and be balanced and obviously protect the quarterback when, when we're asking our quarterbacks to throw the football. On defense, obviously, we have to stop the run and make them one-dimensional and then allow our defensive line to go get after the quarterback. Everything else, all the, the variables that go into winning come after that on both sides. And so I think those kids have, have rallied around the weight they have to carry. Our offensive line does, and our defensive line does. Those guys are proud and they're prideful, and they understand that uh, if we're getting the, run, the ball run on us, it's probably because we're not doing our job in front of the D-line. If we're not running the ball on offense, well, it's because we're not doing our job in the offensive line. Uh, you know, we have simple goals of, you know, holding the opponent three yards less per, per rush. That's our defense motto on the D-line. That goes starts with them. Our O-line, no three and outs, no sacks. I mean, dang, that's for four quarters. We expect those things to, to come to fruition. When they do, and you are using eight or nine offensive linemen, and you are using eight or nine defensive linemen to achieve those both of those goals on either side of the ball for four quarters, you know, it makes you proud. And obviously it's a, a tip of the cap to to our to Coach Murdoch, our run game coordinator, my head coach, and, and obviously to Coach Vosick, who is um, a tremendous coach when it comes to hands-on training and, and asking those kids to be brave. I think he does an outstanding job of getting more out of his kids than a lot of coaches do. You can say the same thing about Coach Murdoch. You know, he's had uh, – duct tape and bailing wire and some of his kids throughout this year and, and all he's done is going back to Ace Hardware or to Lowe's or wherever and got some more and he keeps just getting these kids more reps under their belt and they get better and for every new face that appears all right the next week production is better it's a two-way street that's the kids buying in and understanding they're the next one up and it's also obviously goes back to the coach and, and the coach believing in those kids and investing into them to this point it is their turn now uh, we haven't omitted the preparation to this point they have been always ready to be the next one uh, on our offense and defensive line our heart and soul here at Westlake and, and hopefully they'll continue to be that for a long time come
0: final thought coach as we look back at what was senior night 50 wins in a row 10-0 regular season third consecutive district title, but again, a lot of firsts, mm-hmm. a lot of firsts for you as head coach, first district title as a head coach, first 10-0 season as a head coach. You have the stories from the last nine years when you've been the guy this entire time, and the only thing that changes really is the office and and really the title on the business card, right. because I think the coaches and the players all look at you as the guy that's, yeah, it's his first year, but it doesn't feel like it. I, I'm interested in how your perspective is when you step back. You know, after Thursday night and after scouting on Friday, that's ten games. That's ten wins. It's First district title. But what does it mean to you?
1: When we started this journey for this year and this team, not, there's no doubt that every team's going to be different. The perspective or the maybe the the end goal for some teams down the road may not be as laser focused as this one is to win a state championship. And it's tough. It, that was our goal number one: win district championship along the way, obviously, become a better football team. And I think we've done that. I think it's a testament to the kids to understand that we're not resting on laurels because we just won a district championship. Yeah, we celebrated for that night, you know, the next day, that weekend, and realized that there's a lot of hard work that went into that. And we lost some good players along the way, too, that helped us reach that district championship. There's, make no bones about it. These kids have one vision, one goal in mind, and that's to be the last team standing in 6A Division One. Our coaching staff and our leadership on this football team, we are laser-focused on achieving that goal, and we know that – that is a six-week process. This is the first week of those six. This is the first trophy we get to win of six consecutive weeks. Uh, we told him last week we won five gold balls and a, and a walnut and gold trophy, and that's what you get after you win six games. And uh, tremendous senior leadership. I think that's uh, as a head coach when you come into being a head coach and, and having your first shot at it here, uh, makes it a whole lot easier when you got senior leadership that uh, like we have on our football team. We have guys that that trust me and they trust that the decisions that we make and they trust our coaches are going to have their best. Interests at heart, and they trust that we're going to put them in the best situation possible. They trust that our coaches are working nonstop to give them every edge possible to win. Our kids truly believe that, and I think that's why they allow us to coach them hard. They allow us to expect probably more out of them than a lot of coaches might expect of their kids. It's a collaborative effort between the players and the coaches. Obviously, we have history here to kind of go back and, and to show them examples of, of what success takes, the, the work success takes. I couldn't be more happy and proud of them, obviously, for winning the district championship and being 10-0. and 0. All the way through our program, Joe, we won four out of the five possible district championships in 26-6A. We won both freshman district championships. We won the JVB championship, and then we won the varsity championship. So that right there makes me probably more proud than anything when it comes to district championships. Is the younger kids buying in. Our coaches putting in that work with our younger kids. People don't know this about Westlake. They don't live here with us. But we practice as coaches from 530 to about 745. And our varsity kids walk off the field. And two minutes later, we're starting practice with the JV and freshman teams right after that. So from 530 till about 915 every morning, or at least three mornings a, a, a week, our coaches are coaching football for a long, long time. To get those results out of those sub-varsity kids, when some coaches are ready to just go inside and put their feet up on the desk because their feet are hurting for standing up for four and a half hours for the 14th week in a row, our coach took it as a challenge, an opportunity. Hey, let's win! This is a big game, sets us up for a JV championship. This is a big game, sets us up for a freshman championship. That's pretty cool. That's the stuff that uh, warms my heart and lets me know that these coaches and these kids are all in with 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 Westlake football, and, and hopefully, you know, all in with Coach Salazar as being the head coach.
0: Coaches, always thanks for the time and good luck. You got it. Thanks, Joe.